lined up the top stars from Hollywood and from all over the world to entertain you on a giant screen with a few colorful motion pictures you've been hearing about and reading it's about. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. We're delighted to have you with us. They're driving theater. You'll find something to please you to add to your evening's enjoyment. It's please pleased to bring you our Fifi feature presentation. Station. Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? You are tuned into the Drive-In Speaker Box Podcast. It is Monday night. It is September 25th, 2023, and I'm your host, Bo, the Boom Operator. I'm Slick Doggy the Grip. And we're back. I know it's been a, 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 a difficult couple of weeks for you guys not being, uh, getting fresh, crispy episodes of the Drive-In Speaker Box, but yeah. it, it's been a busy, it's been a busy, 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 busy couple I mean, weeks. We had to go see Tenacious D. We like, did. It was something we could not miss. We, you know, uh, he played, ma- they, they played Master Exploder live. Yeah. And you watch the movie, uh, the Tenacious D movie, you know, and he's like, oh, and you're like, okay, maybe there's a lot of vocal processing going on in this because the scene is pretty, because he like, I did not mean to blow your mind, you know. And he performed it live, and you're like, oh, my God, maybe they do have the pick of destiny because he oh, nailed it, it. Yeah. Jack Black and Kyle Gass are very talented people. I was really tickled to see Kyle Gass live. Yeah, dude. I mean, he. Uh, this is the second time I've seen Tenacious D in really? concert. Yeah. Because the first time I saw him before The Pick of Destiny was a movie. Yeah. And, and, and nobody knew who Tenacious D was. I've wanted to see them for... 20 years because that they went on tour it was like right when they did the album and that 20, album was like a four years yeah it's been a long time uh because that album you know a lot of people only know their music from that album because a lot of the other stuff was just from the hbo show and it was purely acoustic and then when they put it that album it had full band accompaniments and you know purists like me were like i don't know explosivo doesn't need drums and um you know it, but 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 it works it's just like it's the d you know as 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 modern rock is dying and music is going so pop heavy and being crappy like the d the de is like fine wine, and it was a great show. So, I was stoked that they played Wonder Boy because that was—I I didn't catch the HBO show because I never had pay channels growing mm. up. I—I I did buy the HBO show and on, on DVD. DVD immediately upon its release. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the Wonder Boy music video I caught on MTV when that was a thing. Uh, when I was like at home sick one day, and I was like, "Dude, this band rules!" And then uh, they did uh, tribute later on, but Wonder Boys what I saw first. So seeing that in concert, I was like, "Yeah, this is what made me like Tenacious D." And they did the Saxaboom, <laughs> which was uh, and a, the, a bit that he's done forever, and it was the, always the funny. Big Saxaboom. Oh, that was the the that was a new piece of that bit. Yeah, the Mega Boom or whatever. So good, but but yeah, we saw that, and then uh, I've just been doing lots of stuff. I actually spoke at Arcast, um, the Arkansas Podcast Convention that was uh, a couple days ago, and uh, I'm always kind of a chaotic panelist. The you know a lot of these podcast people. They, you know, they're like, ah, we're on podcast number four. We're really excited about being famous. And uh, they're like, well, you know, that's not going to happen. And then you put, you know, a lot of these people don't have the practice of being live, you know, of not having an absolute clue of what you're going to say, but somehow being engaging. Um, and we're still learning, right? But but they they put me in the podcast happy hour because you know they had a they had a panel about like inclusion and they had a panel about like you know podcasting one one, and then we were in um, or, or I was in podcast happy hour, and it was um, it was another guy who I'd never met before and uh, kept making only about jokes about his only fans and I don't know if he was super into it but he he rolled with the punches but. I knocked him dead, and uh, 
I got invited to be on like two other podcasts, which is kind of funny. But um, but yeah, it was a fun time. It was in Rogers at the Meteor and Ty King, who uh, runs Artcast. I think they're going to be doing 2024, which is going to be really cool. So everybody that came out, it was it was a fun time. But right now, you know, we're in the middle of Nightmare on Block Street. If you guys live in Northwest Arkansas, you know, it's a, a big, very horror movie centric event that I put on here locally uh, at Pinpoint. And uh, yeah, we're we're I'm neck deep. That's why I'm wearing a hat net deep in uh, construction but that's why this guy went and saw movies mm-hmm. so it's going to be a Jake heavy episode because I uh, you're welcome yeah, everybody you're, you're welcome so um, hey movie Howard yeah what up movie Howard how's it going man don't forget to subscribe to uh, uh, Hardy Entertainment over there on YouTube um, let's see yeah um, let's jump into some news I mean the only news that I have because I've just been constructing is the writer strike might be ending hey hot damn we can quit having to hear about it yeah so uh i haven't seen all the terms but i did see a blurb that's saying that they the uh screenwriters guild um has come to what quote unquote a very pleasing agreement and they are uh, satisfied with the terms and they are going to move forward it still has to go to votes between all the you know bureaucratic committees that involve everything uh but that's good that good that's good we might means we might see some new stuff and some of these things might get released and movies might come out on yeah we we can have people talk about their movies on uh uh, press junkets and not feel bad about it or be ostracized from hollywood because everyone's like hey check out my new show that we worked on like two years ago that's finally coming out and everyone's like you shut the hell up you shut up you shut your mouth and so you don't have that anymore. Yeah. That'll be something. Uh, I got tons of news. Good. Because we have missed news. Um, so I'll just go go through it here. Uh, Star Wars Lando has gone from being a series on Disney+. Plus. It's going to be its own movie it's now. A, it's a series? It was going to be a Disney Plus series, but now it's going to be a movie with all um, uh, Donald Glover. Donald Glover reprising still his as role Lando. from Solo? Yeah. Okay. So, um, seems like Disney hasn't learned that lesson that they said that they learned. Where they're like, we're going to calm it down with the uh, series and movies so much. They're like, what if instead of the series, we make it a movie because Disney Plus, we're cutting series it's and failing. we're charging more dollars. So, let's make it a movie. That way it makes all money at one time and screw people. Um, so there's that. And less to write. Also, Disney Plus uh, coming up here for the spooky season. Um, they're going to re-release Werewolf by Night on Disney Plus, which apparently got taken off of Disney Plus, even though it's a Disney Plus original. And this is the time you want to watch it. Uh, they came out that last year. Um, so on September 15th, uh, it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was put back on Disney Plus on the 15th in its original black and white. But on October 20th, they're going to release a colorized version of ah. it, or a non-decolored version is I wonder most if it's, likely. it's because people go, I don't want to watch it in black and white. Maybe. Because um, people do that. They go, I don't want to read subtitles. I don't want to read it because it has black bars on the tops and bottoms. Yeah. I don't want to read it because black and white. Oh, you remember that when people never didn't understand the difference between full screen and widescreen? Uh-huh. And like working at Hastings, everyone like, this movie looks like crap on my TV. It has these dumb bars on it. It's like, well, if you buy it the other way, it might have dumb bars going this way. But you can see on, everything. Yeah. Anyhow. Like, no, I can't. I can't see the tops and the bottoms. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but I, so I read this article on Screen Rant, and they were talking about their speculation being that Disney's using this to test the waters for mature content because, it, as it is going to be in color, you know, it'll be a little bit more straight up violent. Disney porn. Yeah, but the whole thing is, uh, because they, they're like, well, this might pave the way for like Deadpool and stuff like that. But Disney's already done some uh, more mature stuff, like um, like putting dicks in the clouds and Lion King and stuff well, like that. Well, that kind of thing. Or having Hulk dick jokes for two mm-hmm. minutes or Thor dick jokes or for 60 Jeff seconds. Or Jeff Goldblum's semen jokes. Yeah, mm-hmm. or uh, Doctor Strange 2 was a zombie movie with a bunch of superhero murder and lots yeah. of blood. That was the best part of the movie. Yeah, and so they didn't think anything about that. So I, I don't think that's the case. I think that, yeah, they're just trying to grab that like, 
audience that's like black and white. I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, things that are dumb that stupid people are into. Uh, One Piece season two was announced uh, back on the everyone, 14th. Everyone seems to like this but you. Okay. So here's the thing. People are dumb as fuck, and we know that. Not you guys. <laughs> We're talking about people, and other people. Now, the thing about it is is they're like, well, it's the number one streaming thing in like 50-some-odd countries. Therefore, it's beyond criticism. Right. So the thing is curiosity, right? There's curiosity. Now, I know two other people that are like true One Piece fans, like people that like One Piece. They can't stand the series, right? They can't. They can't get into it. And I read an article by the showrunner uh, where he talked about, or I watched him talk about it. It was a video. Uh, he he talked about it. He goes, well, you know, we did a lot of ideas and Oda just really, really hated them. We had some pretty wild ideas that drastically changed everything about One Piece that we really wanted to do. And Oda said, no. He put a stop to it and said, absolutely not. You cannot do this to One Piece. And by doing that, we got away with the other things that we wanted to do. That's straight up what he said. I'm barely paraphrasing this. I'm not, I'm not convoluting it or restructuring it. That's what he said, just not in those exact words, but most of those exact words. Well, I finished, I finished the season one, and I, I'll say I didn't like loathe it by the end, but I also felt like it was extremely unnecessary. I mean, I so, do have a very, very, very like Achilles heel to anything that is like a um, pirate-related content situation, like real big ships that are made and are real and not green screen that are on the ocean. I'm like, yay, this is fun. But uh, but it was a little it was a little hard to watch some of those. And it doesn't uh, make episodes. any sense. It's a very like Guardians of the Galaxy where it's like, why is why is this group of people a team at all? And in fact, the whole series, they complain that they're not a team. Uh, there's no reason for Sanji to join at all because they took his origin away from him or his his reason for joining. Uh Zoro refuses to be a part of the crew, even though he's the first to join, which is why he's he the most ref- he loyal. He joins at the very end. He's at the very like, yeah. end. But Zoro joined the crew in the real One Piece the moment Luffy unties him from the cross. Well, yeah. That's the whole point of Zoro. It doesn't also matter. also 400,068 million so, and five episodes of this. The people that are saying they like this have never watched live action adaptation outside of Netflix is the problem because there's plenty of fantastic live action anime. There is? Uh, yeah, Sakigake El Tokojuku, Crows, Dororo, uh, Blade of the Immortal. There's a live action Dororo? Yeah. Uh, Sailor Moon series, both of the GTO there's series. There's a live action Sailor Moon that's not a porn parody? Yeah, dude, it came out in like the 2003 it's it's fantastic. Um, both the GTO series, the GTO movie, nah. Um, the uh, um, shit, man, toss me. The point is, there's lots of really really good live action anime adaptations that just aren't made by Netflix or well, Hollywood. Yeah, I mean right? Hollywood doesn't know what they're doing. So but anyway, all right. Anyhow, from Netflix, Netflix. Netflix. Uh, well, something fun for uh, uh, horror season here. Uh, Final Destination 6 news. Tony okay. Todd's coming back. Whoa! Yeah. Tony Todd rules, man. Yeah, he, he's coming back as uh, William Bloodworth, um, and he's going to... Um, uh, uh, we need more Tony Todd content before he's too old to be in these movies. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be in it, and that is set to start filming after the strike is over. So as soon as the strike's done, they'll start Final Destination 6, uh, and he's been in almost all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, he had a voice cameo, and one of them he was not in, but other than that, he's been on My screen. favorite part of the Candyman, um, second, or whatever the, the modern Candyman movie was, was the Tony Todd cameo at the end. It was just like... Mm-hmm. Also, I've met Tony Todd in real life. He's super nice. And he seems like a very super cool nice dude. dude. And he's way taller than what you would think Oh, yeah, he's he is. big. He's big tall as shit. Uh, but uh, me and one of my buddies were at a, a Star Trek convention, and he was just kind of walking around. How and many Klingons did he play? Just one. He was Kern. Just, just Kern? Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure if he did cameos as other aliens. Like um, uh, he, was, he was other aliens, too. I can't remember gotcha. what. But he was also uh, adult Jake Sisko. 
that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, but he was a couple other aliens too. But uh, he's super nice. Uh, he was walking back in from like taking a leak or whatever, going back to his booth, and people were just kind of swarming him because he was out in the open, and he wasn't at all like, "Hey, I'm just trying to get away from me, nerd." They're like, you got to come talk to me when you have to pay me money to talk to me. He stopped. He talked to everyone. Took pictures with anyone that wanted it, which included my buddy. Uh, he was super nice about everything, and he he was just like, "Yeah, man, thanks, thanks for like thinking that I'm cool." Very nice guy. Uh, I really respect him uh, for being rad. Um, also, with the re- release of Expendables, talking about older dudes, um, it was brought up in a uh, interview with Stallone uh, about uh, doing another Rambo because you know at the end of the last Rambo, um, he rode off on the horse into onto into the mountains, you mm-hmm. know, and everyone's like, "Oh, Rambo lives!" It's just resetting the story <laughs> back to first blood. <laughs> We're yeah. just going to make a loop. And people asked Stallone about this at the Toronto Film Festival, and he was like, no, it's not going to happen. Um, he's like, you know, what's Rambo going to be fighting? Arthritis? It's just not in the cards. Uh, which, slight spoiler for Expendables, um, Stallone's in it for every bit of 30 seconds. Dang. Yeah, he he's not even in his own movie anymore. Um, so that's something kind of makes me not want to watch it now. Yeah. A lot of people didn't. Um, also last week, Oppenheimer became the highest grossing biography movie ever made. How about that? Look at that. Yeah. It topped Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, which was a far from the truth, uh, version of a biopic, but you know, Freddie Mercury. Yep. And then uh Indian movie news y'all know that this is fun uh SS Rajamuli who <laughs> what oh i see you reaching for the button there it is <laughs> uh which actually SS Rajamuli does uh Tamil and Telugu films uh which RRR was in Telugu um he's set to uh be a presenting a documentary about the origins of the Indian film industry that sounds super exciting. That does sound actually because cool. SS Rajamuli has three of the top ten most successful Indian movies ever, being uh, Bahubali, Bahubali Two, and RRR. So two Tamil, one Telugu movie, uh, topping uh, those charts. Uh, which, despite that, and uh, despite the success of both of the Bahubalis. Um, Shah Rukh Khan's new movie, uh, which I did watch for you guys, Jawan. Uh, since it passed a hundred million dollars has made it where Shah Rukh Khan is the only Indian actor to have two hundred million dollar movies. Really? Yeah. And let alone, they both came out in the same year with Patan that came out earlier this year, which has an extended version available on Amazon. Uh, highly recommend. Uh, and now Jawan that's in the theater right now. Uh, and talking about Jawan, uh, it is um, set to top um, RRR's um, success at the box office. It's not big numbers here, uh, but it is for Indian movies breaking into the American movie scene. Um, Jawan's made over $13 million in the U.S. That's a lot of dollars. And RRR made $14 million in the U.S. I mean, just last week, uh, Jawan was number 13. Yeah. In the U.S., yeah. Uh, and Patan currently is the highest grossing Indian movie to ever be in the U.S. at $17 million. Or, uh, yeah, Patan. So, Shah Rukh Khan has two of the three highest grossing U.S. Indian movies ever right now. And he's about to have the top two. Uh, so, that's that's very cool uh, for Shah Rukh Khan and people discovering that Indian movies are badass. Um, it was amazing to see that RRR had so much success on Netflix that people know what that is and then went to the theater to see it anyhow because like oh I got to see this movie on a big screen uh, which um, Rip uh, um, uh, Ray Stevenson oh yeah because he was the bad guy he was the bad guy Um, also recently we got some stills from the Toxic Avenger did you see him? I did, of course, I did not see him. I have. I told. I told you. I haven't. So st- I've been in a cave the past two weeks. The the big one is uh, 
friggin' Elijah Wood looking like oh, Danny DeVito's penguin. Oh, I did see that Messed one. Up teeth, yeah. nasty hair. He's just super gross. Um, and uh, also Dinklage, you see him as just regular Dink. And then uh, there's a, a silhouette of him as Toxic Avenger with a glowing green mop. I'm looking for but, it. But uh, Toxie's going to be a, a little person now, well, even after he transforms into Toxie, which I would have thought maybe, you know, they would have had him. Make him grow. You know, because the like original Toxie was, villain. yeah, well, he was like a total skinny nerd dude, you know, and everyone's like, hey, little nerd. And he's like, don't pick on me, you guys. And they're like, yeah, eat toxic sludge nerd and he grows to be toxy and you know and then he like scores babes and uh fights villains and does cool toxic avenger stuff <laughs> which everything toxic avenger is so cool uh with the cartoon and all of the terrible movies uh that's the kind of stuff that i grew up on uh so we'll we'll see how this goes and uh kevin bacon's like the bad guy uh, there's a picture of him on it. Oh, uh, that's perfect. Yeah. Kevin Bacon's always fun. Yeah. So uh, I don't know how to feel about it, but uh, I'll, I'll probably watch it anyhow. Um, also, things to not know how to feel about is there was announced the release date for Smile 2. It's going to oh, be whatever. October 18th of next year. That movie had a, the first one had a $17 million Man, budget. It made so much money. And it made $217.4 million. I'm surprised that they haven't announced like two more of them. That was just in theaters. And then it made even more on streaming. Um, Ridiculous. So, and right now, the, the only, power of a scary movie. The only movies they have confirmed for October of next year is that and Joker 2. Joker 2 releases two weeks before it. I'm surprised. Well, why is that one taking so long? Who knows? I think they've already finished principal photography on it. But. Well, and talking about things they've uh, uh, finished, uh, Ballerina, the next uh, John, the John Wick spinoff movie, is coming out next year too. I'm starting to see a lot more of the Continental ads. Uh, oh, it up. came out this weekend on That's like right. Peacock yeah. or whatever. Yeah, Continental came out, uh, but they said that they've actually finished the director's cut of the Ballerina movie. So it's in the can. It's ready to go. They're just waiting on its release window. Um, and I'm sure that uh, Strike stuff has slowed that thing down too. Um, also, something that's kind of interesting is uh, coming up on the 29th, there's going to be a limited release. That's this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this weekend of a movie called The Exorcists with an S at the end. More uh, than one. Just a week before The Exorcist without an S on the end uh, comes out in theaters. Uh, it's brought to you by The As- uh, the Asylum, which are the people that did Sharknado, oh, uh, Transmorphers, Transmorphers, Abraham Lincoln versus Zombies, and all these uh, Mockbusters. All those red box, yeah, the Mockbusters. Mockbusters is what they're called. Uh, but the interesting thing about this is that one of the priests, like the main priest, because this is about three priests that are like uh, doing a, like 24 hours, like taking turns trying to exercise the demon from this girl or whatever. But like one of the main ones is played by Doug Bradley, the man who played Pinhead yeah. in the majority of... <laughs> Weird. Uh, yeah. So it's like uh, a Cenobite is trying to exercise a demon from somebody. I'm gonna look this It'll up. also be available in VOD. So if uh, Doug Bradley, someone you just want to watch a movie of, uh, and you like the Mockbusters uh, kind of a thing, uh, this will be out there. Yeah, there's a there's a picture of him in yeah. the yeah here. I can I can probably put this over on the. I can maybe do the thing. Which I mean, if you watch uh, any of the uh, uh, Hellraiser movies, you know it's just one of those things where seeing him you're just like oh that's the butthole they opened the box yeah why did he do that yeah when you find out about like world war one right he was a, like in world war one yep. and he, he like got the box and opened it and turned into pinhead and all that kind of thing um earthly pleasure and delight is that justin trudeau oh i didn't even catch it no. yeah it looks like yeah, oh my god this looks like a steaming pile of exorcisms and these four teens are going to show up to play was she, Ouija. Was she carrying a leak like uh, 
Like, I thought it was uh, a crowbar. Yeah, not like but a it, vegetable. It looked like a leak, like that one Pokemon, that duck Pokemon that's holding oh, the, the yeah. leak. Oh yeah, this looks so bad. And oh, the strength of three. There he is. Yeah, but I mean, the point of it is, you got Pinhead being like on the other side of things. He's like on the side of heaven. I wouldn't trust him. <laughs> um. And then uh, some bummer news. Oh, wow. Hey, Booch. Um, Dina, yeah, new Toxie. Uh, get, get get with the news there. Um, A24 is coming out with Time Traveling. Time Traveling Horror Movie? movie. Uh, coming soon to the Dollar General DVD rack. Yeah, that's exactly where this movie will be. Um, and, um, yeah, bummer news, uh, which I guess is really... oh. My uh, next to last bit of news here. Uh, Amazon Prime announced that at the uh, beginning of next year, all of their content will be coming with ads. Oh, I saw that. on de- By default. God damn it. And so a regular Amazon Prime subscription right now, instead of $100 a year like it used to be, is now $14.99 a month. And for another $2.99 a month, you can have ad-free content. So you have to pay another $3 a month to get no commercials. It's ridiculous, man. Yeah. Um, um, quick quick redemption on Twitch. Uh, someone redeemed a bric-a-brac uh, points thing. I just grabbed this because it's relatively new. This is a, um, for those of you that are just listening at home on the podcast and have no clue what's going on, this is a, an, a metal metal uh, drive-in um, intermission guy. It's like the let's go all let's all go to the let's lobby and get some lobby. get ourselves a snack. But this um, I actually acquired this from an estate sale. Uh, this is an original one. I can't remember the name of the drive-in that it was at, but the guy like worked there. Um, he he died, but the people that were at the estate, like the family, was like, yeah, because he had all these movie posters, which I bought way too many of. Um, but he had a couple of these on the wall and. Um, uh, right behind Jake's head, if he leans to his side, uh, the Crypt Keeper is holding the other one, which is like a, let's eat a hot dog. But uh, yeah, got got these the other day. That kind of makes me worry, actually, because there was an old dude that worked at the local drive-in that I worked at the Malco Theater with. His name was Dan, and he was a super old dude. Was there like a little... Uh, Ford Ranger in the driveway or something. I didn't see that, but there was a lot of like I got a couple of um, movie w- splicer like film splicers that are that are um, somewhere around here. Yeah, he worked at the local drive-in uh, for decades. I'm sad. So I wonder if it was Dan because I don't have a way to see that guy anymore. Um, well, and just closing out the news, uh, this past weekend has been the worst weekend at the box office. Of the entire year. I believe it. There wasn't because much going on. Not one movie uh, crested $10 million. And well, and there's also, it's the beginning of fall, and everybody's like got these events that they're going to. Yeah. I mean, just here in Northwest Arkansas, there's like a thousand events to go to. Yeah, in the pre-show, we talked about all the things going mm-hmm. on. Uh, yeah, the top two movies were $8.4 and $8.3 million. Um, so uh, without one cresting 10, that made it the, the worst box office weekend of the year. Uh, so far. So, I mean, we still got uh, two and a half months to go. You got some more of them comic book movies we can get in there? Jeez. Yeah. Uh, when does um, when does the Marvels come out? That one's going to stink up the place. No thanks, man. Apparently, it has the highest budget of any Marvel movies that's oh not an Avengers God film. God, barf. Yeah, and I... I it's going to be the biggest disappointment of any Marvel movie that's not an Avengers movie. What? Yeah. Um, but th- there it is. That's that's the that's the things news. we missed and stuff that uh, yeah came out recently. And all right, well, that's uh, all we got. Let's tell you guys what's coming out in theaters this week because this this is a kind of a semi stacked. Um, I'm I'm gonna glaze over some of these small ones, but um, the creator is is coming out this this week yeah um, which from is cr- gareth edwards again that thing about disney uh, testing the waters of of like uh more mature content kind of stuff this is a disney movie also disney had that horror movie where that kid was like gonna get murdered by like shadow creatures in his house it was yeah. like conjuring uh, but made by disney so 
But if you haven't seen the trailer for it, uh, it's against the backdrop of a war between humans and robots with artificial intelligence. A former soldier finds the secret weapon, a robot in the form of a young child. So if you missed the Spielberg Kubrick AI, um, they're kind of going, we're going to take this one on again, but change it up a little bit. And it's the creator. So Yeah, but this has Ken Watanabe in it, doesn't it? It does have Ken Watanabe. And that is what's going to get me in the freaking theater. Because I will watch anything with Ken Watanabe in it. Because he's awesome. So Check out Buy on the Assassin. Which is awesome. It's a super sick series that Ken Watanabe did where he's a uh, acupuncturist by day and an assassin by night. And he kills people with his acupuncture needles. It's a super rad series ken watanabe rules um also coming out is dumb money from director craig gillespie uh it's about the 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 whole game spot uh short stocks or short squeeze um you know the wall street uh what was it wall street bets Mm -hmm. reddit um and you know this has got a bunch of stars in it. It's Paul Dano, Pete Davidson, Vincent D'Onofrio, America Ferreira, Nick Offerman, Seth Rogen, uh, Sebastian Stan, Clancy Brown. Like, I mean, it is... Clancy Brown's in it? Yeah, Dane DeHaan, which, where's he been? Um, yeah, it, it, it's... Uh, Anthony Ramos is in this. Like, it's got so many people in this movie, and um, it... I, I kind of want to see this, you know? I'm not a big, like, comedy in the movie uh, fan, and a movie theater fan, but this is this is kind of based on some real events, and of course, you know, spun and made it fun and and ridiculous. But um, well, just a reminder before we get too hyped, Pete Davidson's a big part of this movie too. I know, but if he's just playing a, just a jag off dick licker, then he's probably going to do a great job because like <laughs> he nails that pretty well. Uh, but yeah, dumb money. That's that's uh, that's out, and you can check that one out. Um, but then also coming out is the 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 internet was trying to get some traction like Barbenheimer again with Saw Patrol because Paw Patrol and Saw Ten are coming out this weekend at the same same time. What a fucked double feature that would be. <laughs> yeah, but leave it to the internet to try and make this a thing. But I just don't think, again, it's like people are just going to go see Paw Patrol that don't want to see Paw Patrol just because they want to be a part of a meme. But, like, that's really interesting to see. Like, is your dedication to just saying that you participated in a meme worth sitting through Paw Patrol for, like, an hour and 45 minutes? Wait till these kids learn about Flash Mob. Oh, God, no, we don't need any more of those. Uh, I, I had my fill of those in the mid-2000s. Thank you. Thank you! And uh don't need any more. Um, well, uh, so talking Paw Patrol, though, kind of like Dina said in the comments that Wonka is going to do probably really well around holiday time because it's going to be the only family-oriented oh, kind yeah. of a thing out there. Oh, yeah. Paw Patrol is probably going to end up being one of those movies like kids movies that we've seen in the past where there's no real money for it at the beginning but it's just going to stay on forever and end up making tons of money because it's the only um family friendly option out there so everybody with a kid that age is just going to take their kid there because that's the option there for them Mm-hmm. Um, but let's see. Also coming out, um, not sure if it's going to get a big national release or, or what, where it's coming out, but it's a film called The Kill Room. It's from director Nicole Paoni. It's uh, about a hitman, his boss, and an art dealer had a money laundering scheme that accidentally turned into an assassin uh, avant-garde sensation uh, and becomes an artist, blah, 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 but it's an artist against the underworld. But your characters are Samuel Jackson and Uma Thurman and Joe Manganiello and you know another just heavy hitter ensemble cast. I was gonna say yes, where Dane DeHaan's been due to Uma Thurman. Where's Uma? But yeah, she did like super ex girlfriend and then quit acting for a long time, <laughs> right? Uh, but that's coming out this weekend, as well as A24's release of Stop Making Sense. Um, this is actually playing already this week. It came out a little bit early. Uh, it's playing right now. I don't know if it's going to carry through the weekend at our local IMAX, but it is Stop Making Sense, which is a re-release of 1984 
uh, live performance from the Talking Heads, uh, considered by a lot of film critics as being one of the greatest concert, uh, like you know, concert films ever ever made. Um, it's just a it's just a filming of a concert. You Better know? than Song Remains the Same. That, according to critics, this is just what I'm reading. I've not I've not actually seen Stop Making Sense, but I do really like the Talking Heads. Um, you know, how do you not like David Byrne? Like mm. he's super cool. I mean, but, Talking Heads have a lot of good good songs. Yeah, everybody. Uh, like I mean, that I, sounds I, I, just like. <laughs> well, I have played that at many many weddings. Beep, 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 you know, and uh, yeah, <laughs> you sounded just like that. And I want to take me to the river. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, I've, I've, I believe it or not, I've never seen "Stop Making Sense," and um, it's it's one of those things that I'm embarrassed by not seeing it because as a guy who you know, uh, can fill up one of these like thousand movies you must see before you die, like on a Tuesday and be like, I've seen all these. I've not seen this one and, um, I'd like to check it out, but man, this week's not good for me. Uh, so if it sticks around a little bit later in IMAX, I think that would be an amazing view. But, uh, if you can make it out there, you can see it. So it'll be in theaters near you. Um, it's restored in 4k. So pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, that's what's coming out in theaters this week. That's your weekend release, September 29th, uh, release this week. So you can check all of those things out at your theaters. Go support your theaters. That is the way you support your, um, your screenwriters and your, all the people that were striking and all this kind of stuff. Go see movies in the theaters on a giant silver screen and, um, yeah, do it, do it. Okay. Let's talk about movies that um, you saw, right? Yeah. Okay, because I didn't get a chance to see any movies because I've been building horror movie dioramas for the past few days. But uh, but Jake saw some movies. Yeah. So uh, what do you want to start with? I'll, I'll go in chronological order here. Uh, so uh, one of them I didn't get to uh, talk to you guys about, uh, but I went and saw it was Jawan. Um, that one, uh, it's the new Shaw Rukh Khan movie that's out. Uh, it is about to be... Um, one of the, if not end up being the most successful Indian movie across the globe. Um, and, uh, currently probably sitting at number two, uh, as far as U uh, S gross. Um, it is, uh, it's like a action movie, a high revenge movie action thriller. Yeah, it's, it's, it's action thriller. It's revenge and there's twist and stuff. And it, most of these movies are going to be pretty formulaic, um, pretty predictable kind of a thing. Uh, but they're so good. It doesn't matter. But this one, I was like, oh, this is the twist. And I told my friend that was watching it with me. I was like, yo, this guy is that guy. And she's like, what? Really? I said, yeah, watch. And then it ended up being some other dude. And I was like, oh no, they got me. Uh, but it was, it's, it's a ride. You, you get to, um, you get to experience like every emotion in this movie. Uh, it has killer action. It has a, a bad guy that you just hate. Um, Shah Rukh Khan, it's been out long enough now, um, but if you don't want a spoiler, uh, don't listen for a few seconds, three, two, one, he plays, he does double duty, he's two characters, right, and that's part of the twist in the movie, is that you get Shah Rukh Khan twice, uh, but the way it plays into the story is super badass, uh, and then it, it all wraps up at the end, uh, and the things you learn about both of those characters as those revelations come about it's just it it ramps you up and it's the most exciting thing and there's a reason this is becoming so successful like the action is fantastic uh the story is a lot of fun and it's just an exciting movie to go watch it's very it's like watching tango and cash kind of a thing bold statement sir because you know when you watch tango and cash and the whole time you're just like yeah and it's like you, you laugh and you have fun and he the, looks like dark man in this yeah movie. he has like he goes through different costumes because the whole thing is that one Shah Rukh Khan 
the the Shah Rukh Khan in this, he's a terrorist, right? Okay. But for good. Okay, a good terrorist. Yeah, so it starts out and you're like, what? He's evil? I don't understand. Because the opening scene, you have Shah Rukh Khan save this whole village. And then it goes 30 years later. And then the next time you see him, he's all wrapped up in bandage and stuff to hide his identity. And he's taking over this subway train. And they plan for this like rich guy's daughter to be on the train. And they hold the whole thing hostage. They start shooting innocent people. Like they tie this cop up and and everything, and you're like, "What? He's evil? I don't understand." But it's all for the greater good of the Indian people, and he becomes a like a folk hero to the people of the country, and all of his like seemingly terrorist or seemingly terrorist acts are for the betterment of India, and the people love him because all he's doing is fighting for the lives and welfare and the betterment of the people. He's like, "Horse was on fire." Yeah, um, but it, like at one point he's like, "I'm gonna kill this government official that's a corrupt butthole man." If you don't get all of this hospital's equipment and admit, like on live TV, why this dude sucks, you know? Uh, so he, he uses his powers for evil for good. Um, which the trailer, you know, the whole time in the trailer, you're like, "What Shah Rukh Khan's evil? I don't understand." Uh, this trailer is—I mean, we're sitting here watching it the, together. This is this is pretty wild. This is a secondary trailer that was released after the movie came out, and you get to see things that you shouldn't see because it, it messes up. Oh, the, okay. the the movie. But the initial trailer, you're like, "I don't understand why he's evil." It makes sense in the movie. It's it's fantastic. Uh, if you liked RRR, if you like action movies, if you like stuff like yeah, Tango and Cash, or or like any kind of revenge movie it's the movie to see it's a really good time i loved it Um, all right and you saw that in theaters i saw that in theaters it's still out there in theaters you can go add um to it help it take top spot um move up from number 13 it's definitely worth watching i had a really good time uh after that Something I talked to you guys about and something that matters to me, but it might not matter to all of you, but it is something worth watching because it is very good and the universe is established and everyone likes good lore and universes. I watched the first episode of the new oh, yeah. Warhammer you're, TV you're series. talking about this, yeah. Pariah Nexus. In the first episode, you get little chapters and it follows Adeptus Sororitas. It follows one of the Sisters of Battle. It follows a space marine, and um, uh, you get like also the Necron perspective. And the whole thing is that humans are trying to defend this planet against the Necrons that have awakened on this what turns out is a tomb world. And so, oh well, Necrons would love that. Yeah, well, that's yeah. why they're there, right? And you get to see the Necrons are so cool. Yeah, there they are right they there. Just, like, yeah, they like teleport and snipe, and they shoot people and disintegrate all of these astra militarum people but you you get to see uh like how these necrons have gone crazy and they're corrupted and they're using these humans as experiments to try and force their souls into them and they're just wiping all uh, all the military out but you get to see the uh, sister of battle you get to see the space marines um it's sick it's not very long it's only like 20 minutes for the episode so no orcs no orcs okay. in this series. This series is about this battle with the Necrons, right? Gotcha. Um, so there's like a couple of drop pods of space marines and the, the sister of battle who's with this um, uh, sergeant in the military. She's like, we got to get to him. And she's like, what makes you so sure? He's like, and of course, faith. You know, she's like, we got to have faith. We're going to find the the emperor's angels and they're going to save us. It's sick. Um, if if you're not into Warhammer, give it a try. Uh, you might find that you like it. It's very lore rich. Uh, it's a, it's an established world that's been built for decades. You know, since the mid '80s, um, everything's there. It, it's better than almost anything you're gonna find uh, that's trying to do new stuff or reboot crap. They have such a, a well established and curated world that isn't perfect but they've maintained it since the 80s and they don't let anyone taint it right and it's brought to you by warhammer studios um it's probably not worth shilling out the cash if you're not into warhammer yeah, you really have to kind of be into you can it. buy it by the month so you could pay five bucks and get uh tons get, of get shows taste. 
there's lots of different shows on Warhammer TV worth watching. Um, but this one in particular is very good. Next episode comes out this Wednesday. I'm super excited about it. All right. Um, and then to continue with the action yesterday, an- an- another, another big action movie. Yeah. Another action movie. Yesterday I watched expend for bowls. Yeah. What's with the, yeah. Expend. The, the expend forbles yeah. like why did people put n- numbers in their in their titles it's just ridiculous so this movie continues the expendables franchise right and they they bring in new blood and the because the, the old blood can barely stand to be on screen anymore. one of the uh, multiple taglines for this movie was when old blood meets new blood stupid um, this movie sucks and I'm going to open it up with that because there's not a way to avoid it. Um, my brother and I went and watched this. We were like, maybe it'll be good. The first Expendables was at least fun. The second one had some exciting stuff. Thir- I didn't the third like one's the third a, one. The third one's a disappointment. There was a couple cameos sure. that are like, okay, cameo. Yeah. And but. part of it was that that movie was rated PG 13. Um, you know, and the whole thing is you have these icons, these pillars of action. You have Stallone, Statham, Lundgren, Schwarzenegger, Ford. Um, Harrison uh, Me- Ford's in this one, yeah. No, not in this no, one. Not this one. In, the, was in the last, last one. one. Uh, you have Harrison Ford, Mel Gibson, um, Antonio Banderas. Like you get a Bruce lot. Willis was in one of them. Bruce Willis is in one or two of them. He's in he's in two or three of them actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Schwarzenegger and Bruce Willis are in the first one for a second. And did this one have Tony Jaw? This one, or, yeah. So it had um, it had Iko Uwai, Iko Uwai, and Tony yeah. Jaw, mm-hmm. Jason Statham. Iko Uwai is so badass. He's the bad guy. Oh, even better. He's the ba- oh yeah. Because I just like, root for him the whole time. He's probably the most fleshed out character in this. That's not <sighs> good. The established Jason Statham character. Um. So uh, part of the reason that this was not fun is that they tried to focus on all these people and give them their individual spots way too much instead of letting them be there. But Stallone is in this movie for 30 seconds total, right? That's all you get of Stallone. It is a Jason Statham movie, which as a Jason Statham movie, when it's with him, is good. It's very much like a Meg type thing where it's Statham and he's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to get it done. I'm going to kick these guys' asses. He brings in Tony Jaw. And when Tony Jaw shows up, I was like, yo, Tony Jaw. And I got like excited, even though the first half of the movie leading up to that sucked. And most of it after that sucked. Duh. But when you like see Tony Jaw and he had like a 10 second action scene Dang where you were like, yes, Tony Jaw. But right? just 10 seconds? Yeah, no one really gets a lot of screen time except for Megan Fox. Blech. And, and Jason Statham. We don't see her thumb at all. Oh, yes, you do. Do you? <laughs> you see her big old toe thumb uh, for an extended period of time. Um, but so at the beginning, it starts out. It's kind of like, you know, St- Stallone's getting Statham. Statham's in an argument with Megan Fox because they're a couple, despite their cool. age difference. And it is, it's just whatever. Um and then she's on screen for way too long. They go beat up a couple of guys, and then they go on the mission. It brings in Randy Couture again, uh, of course. You know, which is cool to and see 50 him. Fifty Cent. It has Fifty Cent, which actually they play one of his songs at one point in the movie, at, on on a boombox. So it's in universe. In universe, there's a Fifty Cent song, but it's not sung by this Fifty Cent because this Fifty Cent is Easy Day, not Fifty Cent. So it, cool. I, yeah. Um, and instead of Banderas, they have some new guy that you've never heard of playing the son of Antonio Banderas' character. They have some girl. The guy actually kind of looks like Antonio Banderas. He talks yeah. like him. He sounds like him. Hey, I'm going to shoot these guys sexily. Yeah. That's his whole thing is he's like, have you ever been beat on? It feels good. And everyone's like, you're weird. Uh, that's a real thing from this movie. Feels Good. Yeah, it's super creepy. <laughs> uh, there's some girl that's on the team that they barely get into, except the whole thing is that she's like 24 and she's really into the idea of like jerking off Randy Couture. And that's the whole reason what that she's the there. Hell? And he gets injured at one point and she's like, what? Hi, you yeah. hurt the guy that I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uncle Roger stuff for <laughs> sure. Um, 
but she uh she's like you hurt the guy i'm attracted to now i'm gonna like semi beat you up a little bit but tony jaw is the one that really fights him it, it's super dumb every part of it with jason statham is actually fun because well, Jason Statham's, Jason Statham's like the one good part of it. He's he he has become like just he is much like The Rock and these other people. They just they become junk food. You just like seeing them and like Paul Rudd. You just like seeing them on screen. Yeah, and they know it. They're just like uh, I'm here to you know one one less job. I'm gonna kick yeah. this guy. Hey, I'm gonna do that thing that I do that you like. And you're like yes. And you're like yeah, please. That's thank why you. I bought the ticket. Um, but every other character. Like, Randy Couture, instead of having him do cool action stuff or, like, do mixed martial arts and, like, murder someone with, like, MMA he moves. Can do that anymore? Yeah, hell yeah, dude. Randy Couture kicks ass. But instead of doing anything like that, they just have him talk a lot, and he's not an actor. He's not a talker. <laughs> he's not an actor. He's a fighter. He's good at fighting. Not good at delivering lines by himself. He's not good at doing a monologue. <sighs> and then every other character is just on screen to do their thing for a few seconds, and it's so lame every time. Eco is is super rad. Tony Jaw gets like his little moment. Jason Statham's very good, but there is far, far too much uh, Megan Fox in this movie. She's one of the main characters. It's a paper-thin plot. It's very predictable. Spoiler alert again. Three, two, one... Andy Garcia is the bad guy, and you see it from ten million miles if away. Andy Garcia is in a movie. He's the bad guy. He's the CIA guy, and he's set, he's the one that sent him on missions. But somehow, each time they're on a mission, they get ambushed now, and it doesn't make sense. And he goes, "Well, I'm going to join you this time." And when they get captured, he's the one person taken out of the room. He's the one person that's Andy Garcia, yeah. who and, is always the the double crossing jerk. And even though not in um. Uh, not in Untouchables. God, that was so long ago, though. <laughs> before before he found that typecast of like being but the like, backstab. Yeah, they go guy. in this room where they have them all prisoner. They go, who's the leader? And Randy Couture goes, me. And they go, no, we're taking Andy Garcia. And you're like, clearly this guy's the bad guy, right? And um, it's, it's paper thin. It's dumb as hell. And the whole movie is CGI. And it stands out. It glares at you in the face. That's that's a bummer because like what makes action movies so good is the stunts. Stunts like, and practical effects. That's why people want to watch those well, movies. So it starts out the as soon as Stallone gets to Statham's house and it goes from Stallone at the door and then it goes inside the house to face Stallone on the street, the whole background is CGI. Very clearly CGI. There's a very CGI plane takeoff and from there it just gets worse. Uh, and the moment the movie ended and the credit started, my brother turned to me and he goes, that was a bad movie. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're right. And I was like, especially in before I could say it, he goes, CGI blue screen everywhere. He was like, dude, green screen. And I was like, that's oh, I feel what like, I was about to say. I feel like all this this the CGI stuff is a, you know, in 2013 there was a there was a really fun phrase that that, that was called the Jerry action film and uh, <laughs> 50 cuts for Liam Neeson to go over a fence. Yes. Yeah. And like when you when you start leaning into Jerry action films, you you can't do these stunts, and you know that's why guys like Iko Uwais and Tony Jaa are so cool is because they kind of still can do these stunts, and you know Jason Statham can still do these stunts, but not for long. And you know uh, it, it you, when you, when you have to rely on less on stunts, more on CGI because you can't do the stunts. Action movies start to get bad. Well, but that's the whole thing when you have Iko Uwais and and Tony Jaa and Jason Statham. You can do the stunts, yes. and they do. Those three are very good. But when you chalk it full of twenty other tertiary characters that need their own spotlight, yeah. And the problem, is, and that's it. And they try. And the main thing is that they don't give a focus to guys like Randy Couture or give Fifty Cent some some stuff because Fifty Cent's been in some pretty okay movies. Yeah. He's done some cool stuff in yeah, in action bad. movies and stuff, including what's the one about his life where, um, you know. Uh, there's some movie about his life. He even has a video game. There's a 50 Cent video game. He can do it. Yeah, he can um, do it. Isn't he in uh, uh, that movie with um, Ger- Gerard Butler uh, where he's the cop and they're going against the bank robbers and all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, that movie's good. He's good in that movie. 
Uh, but everyone tries to get their focus, but all the focus is put on these people who you don't know who they are. The, the son of Banderas, the girl that doesn't talk, uh, Megan Fox, who you just are like, why is she even in this movie? Cause she's like, yeah, you hate me cause I'm on this team. I'm an action girl. And you're like, show me some action. And she's just like, uh, put your face on my bottom lips, Jason Statham. And, um, that's her whole thing. It, it's it's bad. It, Transformers. And normally this is the kind of movie that I would watch and I'm like, yeah, this movie's dumb as hell. I love it. You know, it's exactly what I wanted. A dumb action movie that you don't have to think about with a bunch of like killer cameos. Nah. Not this one. Jason Satham parts are great. Other than that, it's definitely not worth watching. It only made $8 million for a reason. Um, they got $100 million but they got to the make. number two movie at the box office. Like I said, worst box office weekend. Well, that's so, a really good transition. Uh, if you want a good action movie, watch <clears throat> Jawan. Don't waste your time with Expendables. I will uh, agree with that, and I haven't even seen Jawan. But I can tell you that Expendables probably isn't going to be pretty. It's going to be expendable. Uh, but that is a great transition into the box office roundup. Uh, where we give you the top 10 movies in America, uh, mostly domestic numbers, unless we decide to include some uh, international numbers, but I don't think we'll do that on in, in, in this lineup. Uh, but yeah, uh, we're going to give you the top 10, and uh, it's just this past weekend, so... Uh, do you wanna you wanna keep keep it keep it rolling? Yeah, let's keep going. All right. So uh, this past week, the ones that made money here in the U.S., which I do want to bring up, number eleven, uh, your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles that you love so much that you um, still need to watch. It is available VOD at home, but it's still not far outside of the top ten. Uh, it still brought in one point six two five million dollars. Uh, bringing it to 116 uh, and a quarter million in eight weeks out, which is the exact same amount of money that this past week that Oppenheimer brought in, which is at number 10, 1.626. So like less than a thousand thousand dollars more, seven, what, $700 more. Um, And it's totals 321 million in the U.S. in 10 weeks. Um, it's made well over half a billion dollars um, across the globe, um, and it is the most successful biography movie ever. Uh, coming in at number nine, which is incredible to see that this is still hanging in the top ten, uh, which might tell you about the state of the of the movies right now. Uh, Blue Beetle brought in 1.8 million. Uh, six weeks out has only brought in $69 million in the U.S., 124.8 total across the globe. Not even enough to pay uh, for half of that movie. Yeah, it's, um, that was a rough one. Too bad that movie sucks. Um, coming in at number eight, Dumb Money. Had an early release. Uh, climbing up from its 19th spot, which was probably like a New York, LA thing. Yeah, it was only in two theaters. Uh, $2.4 million, which is a thousand percent increase uh, on it. Uh, yes, it added 608 theaters, bringing it to a total of 616. So it was in eight theaters, uh, but it's totaled at $2.7 million in its two weeks of release. Um, I imagine that movie would probably be doing okay. I'm sure there's enough adults out there that want to watch that kind of thing. I'm one of them. Yep. Uh, and then opening at number seven, It Lives Inside. $2.6 million uh, brought in by that one. What's going on? Uh, they were asking about Gran Turismo, and that was yep. uh, number 12. And yeah, it dropped down to number 12, um, which I still need to see that one. It's just one of those things where I don't have a strong desire to sit at the theater to watch it when yeah. I got other but you, options. But you like cars? Yeah, I like cars. I like Gran Turismo. I like PlayStation. I like racing Sims. Uh, all that kind of thing. But it's something I'll probably just watch at home sometime. Uh, and then coming in at number six, My Big Fat Greek Wedding number three, which I did not realize was out. I think we talked about it on Yeah, the show. I briefly mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, I think it came out the um, week before we were gone. Uh, $3 million brought in by it, 23.8 total. Uh, who knows what its budget was, but it's number six. That's probably a good return. 
and then Holding Strong at number five. It did get an IMAX re-release with bloopers. Yeah, with extras mm-hmm. added in. And it's also available on VOD now. Mm-hmm. Barbie, which being on VOD is incredible to see that people are still going to the theater for this one. Um, $3.2 million, uh, bringing it to $630 million in the U.S. alone in its 10 weeks out. Doing for Warner Brothers what their DC movies cannot um, and it's then crazy. what's nice to see for me, at least a movie I talked to you guys about at number four is the equalizer three, $4.75 million brought in by it. in it's fourth week out bringing its total to 81.3 million. This is also a good action choice and it's a calmer action. Most of the movies quiet so that when you get some of the action and it gets loud, it's impactful and, and it's been out long enough. One of the best things about this movie something that I really liked is that he is the equalizer in this movie and it, there, it sets up for a showdown. It builds up for this showdown. There's not a showdown. He just goes in and ninjas people. The end, the way it should be. He's the hero. He's the no, badass. Like big boss fights. And yeah. All. These like mafia guys think that they're somebody. No, he's somebody and he just ninjas them to death and there's nothing they can do about it. It's perfect. I really liked this one. It stayed true with the other two. These three movies are very good. I like the Equalizer movies. It's nice to see that that one is still holding and up there. And Denzel Washington. 81 million? He's very good. Nothing to scoff at. Uh, And then number three, A Haunting in Venice. Sucks to see that that one's... um, Slow crawling. Slow, yeah. 6.3 million for it. Uh, which is a 56% drop. It's totaled at only 25.3 and it's two weeks out. Uh, Something I did not realize is until looking right here is that that it was released by Buena Vista. Mm -hmm. That's a Disney movie. Yep. They own the uh, rights to all those. Yeah. uh, So they had this one and uh, Haunted Mansion and Oh, Haunted Mansion at the same time. Interesting. Yeah. And it's basically kind of the same thing. It's people in a haunted mansion. Well, it's, it's Hercule Poirot. Yeah, but this one's uh, fake haunted, and the other one's... Was real haunted. Real haunted, yeah. Uh, and then opening at the number two spot, Expend for Bowls, uh, brought in... These numbers say 8.039. What I was seeing was that it was at 8.3 earlier. Ah. Um, so I don't know if that is a absolute, if the 8.3 was... Uh, Just over 8, we'll yeah, say. It's in bold, so it's estimated. Just over 8 million. Um, it's the number two movie... It's it's not good, y'all. Uh, don't 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 waste your time here unless you just really like Jason Statham. Uh, if oh. you're like me and you really like Tony Jaw, you do not get enough Tony Jaw to uh, scratch that itch. Dina on Twitch said uh, there have been some scathing bylines for Haunting in Venice that call it boring. Uh, I I'd be curious to read these uh, these reviewers like bios because maybe they forgot that it was fucking Agatha Christie, <laughs> and um and unless you're into that, dude, it's boring. Like, did you watch but, uh, yeah Murder on the Nile? Not the most exciting movie in the world. No, until it all comes together. And it's it's fun. Who done it? Who done it? Are kind of like. You know, uh, like screensavers, ambient screensavers that you put on. You're like, oh, yeah, you know, and you're not like, so see to my pants. But I feel like the fact that they tried to market it as like haunting in Venice and they're like, oh, scary movie. And Hercule Perrault comes up there and he goes with his fucking Jaffa cakes sitting around like going, hmm, there's a mystery afoot for two hours. And they're like, wait a minute, I was expecting ghosts and shit. And then it was a big bait and switch and everyone's like, this movie's bad. It has Michelle Yeoh, and she's like, ooh, a ghost. And yeah. he goes, that's not real. <laughs> that's and everyone's like, come on, guy. <laughs> you made me waste the Jaffa cake. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and as Dina says, it's really unfortunate because I know I'll like it. I know I'll like it, too. I know I'll probably love it, but I have not had a chance oh, to see watched, it. Oh, you haven't watched it? I thought no, you watched No, I've been so busy. I haven't yeah. had a chance to see it. I like these. I like Dude, um, I do too. Uh, old uh, Kenneth Branagh's so uh, Hercule Poirot. I really like it. Uh, one thing about Expendables, real quick, is that I did see an interview with Jason Statham uh, where he was like, the lack of uh, Stallone in this is stupid. He's like, Stallone should have been more in this movie because it's a Stallone movie. Um, so even Statham was like, why was I the main character? It's supposed to be Stallone. So 
that's a good reason why it's not doing so good is because it had a preview, and I think a lot of people talked. producers and money. Yeah. Uh, and then coming in at number one, uh, releasing... Um, it's been out for three weeks. I did not realize that. Yeah, we got we um, we've been we've been our schedule's been weird, but uh, holding at the number one spot, eight and a half million dollars. So it climbed up over the estimated eight point four that I saw because it was at eight four and Expendables was at eight three, um, but uh, totaling at sixty nine million dollars is the Nun Two. There you go. Well, that's your top 10. Uh, one more comment over there on Twitch. Dina said that she's been seeing some journalism about the sorry state of journalism. And I want to say that it was either Tom Brokaw or Walter Cronkite um, a while back, like when Twitter was becoming a thing. Uh, they spoke out and were, were, were talking about how um, they foresee the death of journalism in the v- relatively near future because we're we're not reporting news. We're reacting to events, mm. and there is a difference between analytical reporting of news and going, "Man, I saw this, and I immediately feel like this." And you know, that's not news. You know, that's like news and reporting and journalism. And you know, uh, as Dina said, the Washington Post is experiencing this right now, which is shocking. No, New York Times, Washington Post, all these places, because they're all 20-somethings that are coming out of like thinking they know how to write stuff. And then they, th- th- these people need writers and they go, I can churn out an article about something I have no fucking clue about because that's how it all works now. And now you can pump it into AI and get even shittier articles written by just a Google search. And, you know, I see these, I read these reviews sometimes after the fact, and I talk about them on the show, or I can tell it, I can smell it. I'm like, you know, I've been, I've been watching movies. We've been watching movies for years and years and years and like all kinds of different genres. We try to bring that into our, that's why we don't do ratings, you know, and why we also try to empower you as an audience. It's like, yeah, we might like something, but that's because of what we like. You know, we, I can't just go, this movie sucks unless I give you reasons why it sucks. Like, and we will list those things out. Not like, well, it's boring, it's slow, I didn't like them lasers, and maybe <laughs> they didn't have enough, you know, uh, wheelchair guys in it. I don't know. And, like, you know, uh, like, be critical. Read, you know, read a book about being critical. Like, I don't know. Just, just, eh. Drives me nuts. But, uh, and it's like all these people with podcasts now I'm talking about our podcast convention that I was adjusted to, you know, not everybody's needs to hear your opinion. You know, not everybody needs to hear ours, but at least we've been grinding it out and practicing at it for over 10 years so that we can deliver it to you. Not like, man, I got an idea and microphones are real cheap. Maybe we should tell everybody what we think, dude. And I don't know. What sucks is that like. Uh, you know, real offensive pricks like that end up being the kind of people that are like, this is my guy. Yeah, yeah. Because it's easier to talk shit on stuff because people like that and like to share it because it's more fun that way than going, you know what, that was pretty all right. You know, yeah. I have the seal of approval. Um, But anyway, all right, well, uh, I've got to scoot. i got to get back to work. This guy's got to work tonight as well. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, We'll try and be back next week. And uh, maybe we'll have some more new movies to talk to you about. But don't forget to like and subscribe wherever it is you uh, like and subscribe. You can download the audio version of this podcast uh, wherever it is you download your podcast. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. You got anything else to say, Jake? That's that's it. Okay. Yeah. Well, then, I guess on that note, we're out of here. And we will see you guys next week. Later. As you leave the theater, folks, please be careful. Don't let this happen to your car be sure to remove the speaker before you leave if you should accidentally pull a speaker loose please turn it in at our snack bar or box office thank you